As promised, here's part one of my conversation with Carolyn Suara, workplace culture architect, author, and speaker. Listen in as she walks us through her own self-awareness and self-discovery journey, plus the importance of connecting with people as opposed to processes. One of my favorite parts of this session was when she speaks of our need to manage our energy versus our time. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, so last June, I just decided to, I've just found a different a different level of my voice and, uh, you know, courage, resilience, belonging. The piece that's falling under the belonging part is really around self-awareness and self-discovery. And I think when I look at COVID and what it's done is it's, it's just amplified stuff that was already there. So if you were running fast and hard, it amplified it. If you were having troubles being a leader, it amplified it. And for me, like I was starting to feel that about four months before COVID happened. So when the world stopped, I had already decided to stop, like literally the day before that, like lockdown was shut. So I was like, oh, okay, the rest of the world's going to join me. And to me, I just, I didn't want to, um, I had already decided to slow down. So the abruptness of COVID did not hit me the same way. I'm, I'm very aware of that. And I just took, um, I took a few months off, really. I mean, I did a few things here and there, but I just gave myself space and came out on the other side and wanting to just have more sense of who I am and what I want to put into the world. So thank you for, thank you for saying that. It's, it's, it's just nice to see that other people recognize it, even though that's not what's driving it. Like I do feel rested. I feel more creative. I just feel happier, not just happier, more real, more in touch with my feelings. Cause it's not always about, you know, being happy all the time. Well, the, uh, you know, the, the dynamics of people have changed. There's no question. We're going into year two and we've literally, all of us, there's, there isn't probably a person in the world in business or just everyday life that hasn't kind of had this major wake up call. And you kind of alluded to, alluded to that yourself. Um, was it, was your own transformation in part because you saw or witnessed something out there in the, you know, in the world? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, I witnessed, I witnessed my family not having me around, not having me present. I was physically present, um, but I was hustling and I wouldn't have used these words at the time because, you know, you know me, you've seen me through the years. Um, I didn't think I was hustling for my worth, but I was, I was putting a lot of other, um, uh, a lot of other priorities ahead of my own. And I wasn't, I was fooling myself. I thought I was showing up fully at home and I wasn't, it was just, you know, if I, if I use Brene, Brene's language, it was a story I was telling myself. It was, you know, it was a shitty first draft. It was really shitty. (laughs) Um, But I fooled myself into thinking that it was good and I was achieving and I was doing, and, you know, I was putting out lots of posts and, you know, it just, so, yeah. So that eye opener came for me just a few months before COVID hit. Yeah. Now, 
there, I, I, I witnessed the evolution in you even online. I mean, I, I yeah. saw a trend. I saw that transformation. Yeah. I did witness, I did witness the slowdown and, and, you know, so everything's now coming, you know, like you're explaining yourself really, really well. Then I'm thinking, ah, good. I, I feel better for you almost. You. I, I, yeah, because I always tell people to kind of, you know, if you want to run hard and fast, what you should actually do is take that pause to kind of like map out your steps because otherwise you're going to trip and fall. Right. Yeah. And, and what's the best way to describe it? This, like, it's, it's, I don't want to discount anything that I've done before. Like I'm really proud of what I've accomplished, you know, in my corporate life. And when I started the business, so the business turns five this year, which is pretty cool. And, you know, the first three years, two years of the business, I was working hard to make a name for myself and, and really make that transition. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. Um, I just feel like I'm just at a whole new, new level of, of self-awareness. And like I said, you're, you can hustle for your own business. You can hustle for, you know, another entity, public, private, nonprofit. It's what's in the hustle. And um, at the core of it, if you're hustling and trying to prove yourself consciously or unconsciously, you're really not allowing your true gifts to come out. Call that woo-woo, call it what you want. Um, but, you know, I feel like I've had to be hit on the head a few times with life messages on that. Um, and yeah, so COVID was just an opportunity to pivot and slow down. And I think COVID has opened up and as I said, exacerbated a lot of things that needed to be brought to light, unfortunately, right? The marginalization of, of people, the inequities, um, you can't turn away from it now. It's right there. And so we have to do something about it. So all the things that I felt like I was sharing, preaching, use that word, that's kind of a strong word, before COVID, now there's a wider audience going, holy shit, what? Like now I really need to pay attention to this. Um, so it's, it's really unfortunate. And at the same time, it's, it's really what we needed to be really honest. I'm, I revisit your book, uh, mm -hmm. uh, almost regularly. Cause I, I know you saw that I I've shown you a number of times that it's probably the most tattered beat up thing <laughs> written all over to me. It still seems relevant. Yeah. It's so it's funny you say that because um, I put a post out the other day. I am I am back on social media and very strict guidelines for myself, which we can talk about later. Um, but it was that connected people, not process, right? Which is a chapter in the book. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like totally relevant. Um, it, it it really feels like these and there's there's a community of people that have been talking about this kind of stuff pre COVID, and and you know a big community, but also, you know, there was a larger community that didn't necessarily believe in that and was really like, yeah, that's nice. I've got a business to run. Again, now it's like, oh, wow, this, this really is 
this really is relevant. And, and it's not that process isn't important. Believe me, process is very important. It's just doing it at the expense of the other. And, you know, the whole paradox, you can have a really strong process or you can be very um, innovative and address the tasks and the business needs. And you can be really human as well. And I think for many of us, um, you know, that tension, that paradox, they seem to be on either end of the continuum. And great leaders find a way for both to come together. And and it's not a nice to do anymore. Again, the environment that we work in is you got to figure this out because our lives have all blended into one. Um, and somebody was telling me the other day, they're like, well, you know, I have my work persona. I have my home persona. And I'm like, yeah, you can fool yourself into thinking there's two of you, but there really is only one. <laughs> So. It's true. It's true. And, and and my wife reminds me of that on a regular basis because, <laughs> uh, 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 Peter, uh, like you're not paying attention. Yeah. And I think I'm paying attention. And you just spoke to that, you know, that, 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 that disconnect in your family. And, and I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm jumping on Zoom with my family. I'm jumping on friends. So I'm really there. Well, they're not. They're kind of, I think that's all part and parcel of the fake, right? Yes. Oh, Peter, you bring up such a good point. Um, yeah, we are so busy trying to do a lot of different things at once. So I'm going to hop onto Zoom and I'm just going to do a few emails in the background. And, and I'm also going to, you know, fill out something that I needed to send off or, you know, we're trying to do five different things at once. And what that does in our brain is our brain is having to work on overdrive to try and manage all those things. And so it's not much wonder we get to the end of the day and you're exhausted. And, you know, if you have family, you have nothing left for, I shouldn't say if you have family, of course, if you have family or connections, like you are, you have a life outside of work and you've drained your energy again, energy management, it's about energy management, not time management. It was always the case before COVID, but now, you know, there's no drive home. There's no commute home to sort of kindness, maybe fill up your tank a little bit. It's like a walk down the hall. And, you know, if you have little kids, there's no escaping that. So again, you know, it's in our face and how do we find new practices? I mean, Zoom is Zoom I get Zoom fatigue is real. I know that there's, you know, brain things that are happening and how we're registering, but, you know, turn off, like right now speaking to you, I don't have my self view on. Like if we were doing this live, I wouldn't be looking at myself. So turn off your self view. When you're in a Zoom meeting, shorten it. You don't need an hour meeting. Make it 30 minutes and just be there. Like look at each other and not don't try to do 10 other things. Because if you're trying to do 10 other things, Again, your energy is going to go down. Just shorten the meeting. So those things, as simple as they sound, are hard to do. And yet they will make a big difference as we try and manage through and manage our energy through this, you know, once in a lifetime event. I find uh, I really have to think through, think hard and force myself to get away from this thing at lunchtime. Go yeah. and actually... And if it's nice out, get the sandwich and go outside, sit down on the, you know, like get the air, like, because you you don't realize you're killing yourself. Totally. And I've, I've seen that, you know, you got into this whole working out and, and walking and, same things happened to me. I mean, I haven't been able to go to my gym. I was paying an amazing trainer and I had a great gym and 
I've saved thousands of dollars now and I get out for a walk every single day. My dog and I have a whole newfound relationship. And even like this morning, you know, busy day today, I'm like, I've got to get out just for like 15 minutes. And I am showing up so much differently today than I was yesterday. Not that I was like super down, but like I was exhausted by the end of the day. So, well, yeah. Uh, the, other, the other thing I'm finding people are, and I've and I'm witnessed it even in my own habits is that not stopping, like not, not calling an end to the day. That's yes. actually even worse. Isn't it? Because yeah, your brain doesn't know. So you're coming up with all these great points, Peter. It's like you've got it written down, like you're reading my mind. Um, <laughs> I read this practice that somebody did, and I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't done it. Um, but uh, she plays a certain type of music to end her day, and not a type of music that she usually listens to. So it wasn't jazz, but like, let's just say, I, I don't listen to jazz all the time, actually very rarely if it's on TV or if I see something, maybe I'll listen to it, but it's taking a very distinctive sound and playing that. And that signals to your brain, like, okay, now you can start shutting down. Um, I haven't, I haven't done that. What I have started to do though, is I, I start off my day and I end my day with this, with this, um, journal by best self company. And, um, it just gives you a chance, lesson learned. Did you achieve your goals? Um, and what are you grateful for? So you start your day off with that. You end your day off with that. Again, small thing. And before I'd be like, whatever, that stuff doesn't work. I was totally one of those people. And over the past year, like it does work. It really does work. Yeah. yeah. And, and you should celebrate it too. That's the other thing. Like when you, like if, when you're finished, I found, I don't know what it is. I just inside my head, I get these little triggers and I'm going to, you know what? I'm calling it a day. I'm actually going to watch something stupid on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or something funny. What are you watching on Netflix right now? That's really funny. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's not funny at all. Actually, my my wife uh, did Shit's Creek. Oh, (laughs) that's what I was going to say. That was like, I loved the end of the day. I fell in love with Shit's Creek. I, I can't believe I didn't discover it before. I'm sad that it's over now, though. <laughs> and, then, and I never, I took it for granted. This was one of these things that I just let go and I took for granted. I went, I said to myself, yeah, I'm sure it's okay. And, and, and then, of course, my, my, my brother and his partner brought it back to our attention. And I went, oh, my God, this is super funny. Isn't it? Like, yeah, channeling yeah. my inner Moira or my inner Alexis. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now, have you found that you have transformed what you're working on as well? I mean, did that transformation take, you know, a whole 180 degree approach? I mean, yeah, what else I, w- is- I wouldn't say I transformed what I was working on, you know, because to me, culture and leadership was sort of the, the meta area areas, but obviously intertwined. What I what I did was focus, like focus down. Um, and so for me, if you're going to have a positive impact on the culture, which all leaders do, and by the way, everybody can be a leader. You and I both know that it's not a title. What are the things that are needed right now? And so that's where I came up with reimagining leadership. And so we have to reimagine. We are not going back to the way things were. I, I, I fundamentally believe that this has been a very, very pivotal time where life is going to look different. And so for me, reimagining leadership, what that looks like was courage, 
um, having the courage to show up differently, having the courage to like, let your kids come on camera. I actually had that happen in a meeting just, you know, half an hour ago, he just popped in by accident and realized, you know, there was a CEO on the screen. I was like, okay, no problem. You know, a year ago, I would have been mortified, but now it's like, yeah, sorry. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so having the courage to, to try new things, to do new things, to not know what the outcomes might be to the courage to explore some of my own feelings. Like, again, whatever, Carolyn, like who, who wanted to do that? What leaders need to do that at work? So, you know, when I say courage, we need leaders to do those things. They're not a nice to do anymore. If you don't do that, you're going to be burnt out and you're going to be of use to no one. So that was one area. Resilience, which we've already talked about, and I think those two go hand in hand. Um, and then the last one is belonging. And, you know, when I when I put that into the framework of, of this program, I was really referring to it as belonging to yourself and understanding who you needed to be in the world so that you didn't try and hustle to fit in but that you could show up and be who you were and not try and compare yourself. And, and I'll be honest, those three areas were very much driven from my own personal experience. And, you know, when you look at COVID and coming out on the other end, I do firmly believe that if, if people can dig into those three things it, in, it, to whatever depth they can, they can handle, I think they're going to come out on the other side of this in a much different way. I like how you're laying this up because there's, there's, I've, I've still bumped into leaders who think they, they need to fix people. And I hate that terminology. When I actually bump into somebody and say, oh, I need to fix what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh boy, the first thing you need to fix is your attitude toward them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing that I've come to see though, Peter, is I don't think people are doing it with ill intent. Like, you know, I'm so, well, maybe some people come in thinking I'm so amazing, but you know, 99% of the people come in and think I have, I have to, I have to do this. It's my role. It's my title. And people are counting on me to make a difference and make a change. And, and herein lies, you know, that, that, difference from the amazing great leaders to the managers we'll call them you have to trust yourself which allows you to trust others and and it's hard to do that when god we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow like i heard there's another announcement coming up today so you know our brain wants predictability so you know if you're trying to cling that and find it somewhere in life because we can't get it outside of our own uh, like in our own world right now it doesn't surprise me that leaders are trying to do that and employees as well um people I don't want to call it leaders and employees, but you're trying to get it anywhere you can. Um, and so again, the power of self-awareness, the power of self-discovery and giving yourself a bit of space, even if it's just like five minutes at the beginning of the day or five minutes at the end of the day, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people today are talking to me about shutting off the drip of all the bad news that's coming toward them, you know, and you just mentioned that there's something else coming up. Well, I got a, a soundbite of it and it was supposedly stopping construction, a potential curfew. I mean, 
you know, it's almost like martial law when you think about it. Right. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, you know, that is probably going to scare people into a state of mind that they're of no use to anyone, including themselves. Well, it's funny you say that, scare them. I, I think a lot of people are already scared into that state of mind, right? Running on the adrenaline, um, you know, wherever you sit on this opinion of lockdown or not, not being able to go to your house. Like, I know there's a wide, a wide swath of, of beliefs there. Fact is, there's something out there that's changing fundamentally how we live. Um, and if we slow down and process it and think about it ourselves, we can kind of get in touch with what it means to us versus a knee-jerk reaction or, you know, getting mad every time a new announcement gets out. Um, you know, again, you self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. You see, you, you talked a little bit about uh, you've taken a, you took a conscious decision to kind of manage your time on social media. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, I took a, a break. Um, so one of one of the things, um, so as you know, I, I, I facilitate a Dare to Lead program. So um, certified through Brene Brown and, and her education and resource group. So, you know, I've been talking over the past few years about shame and vulnerability, you know, all those subjects everyone loves to talk about at dinner parties. Oh, wait, we don't have dinner parties anymore. Um, but, you know, tough kind of topics uh, that that are hard to dig into hard for me to dig into as well. And one of the things I learned about myself is nothing triggers shame for me. And by the way, let me describe what shame means here, because that word not not everybody's comfortable with. Shame is this feeling that I'm not good enough um, and and that I that I disconnect. So a feeling that I'm not good enough. So my biggest shame trigger is comparison. And I've done it unknowingly for many years. Um, there's always in my mind somebody that's doing it better. So how can I do it like them? And social media, once I slowed down and became more aware of things, was really pulling me into a place of trying to catch up to other people. And even like people that are way out of my league, like instead of instead of focusing on me and how I articulate myself and my messages, like let's face it, none of this content is new. Like no one's going to create anything new. What we will create is our own spin on it, how it's shared, the story behind it. So I I realized like I have to get off. Um, so I knew it in my head for a while, probably like last fall, but still that addiction, right? That little dopamine hit when you see the, oh, how never many people saw your post or I was still kind of hooked to that. And then I did this... Um, I'm doing I'm doing some of my own personal work through uh, through the Enneagram through CP um, Beatrice Chestnut Neuronia Pius, and so I did a virtual retreat at the end of January, and I came out of that, and that was deep. Like there was a lot of deep work going on there, and I couldn't even physically bring myself to open any social media account, and and it was the first time I actually listened to myself, where it was like, I can't, I just can't go on there. Just emotionally, I couldn't do it. And it's been a really good break for me. Um, and I think it's allowed me to uh, tame those comparison gremlins and and just kind of find my own real voice instead of the voice I think everybody else wants to hear. I, you know, I think that's the most important thing. I think uh, we 
we probably talked about that. I'm thinking almost three years ago, yeah. like, you know, cause I'm a firm believer that like show who you really are, talk how you really talk, even if it's quirky, because yeah. that's what people are looking for. Right. Well, and I mean, it's such an interesting journey for me. I mean, again, you read my book and you were like so awesome. And I think you're my biggest fan, Peter. Um, but I mean, was that book me? Yeah, it was me. And I was really trying to prove a point that I belonged, that, that hey, like, look at me. I'm, I know what I'm talking about versus writing from a different place. Like I can say writing from the heart. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. Um, so, you know, book number two, whenever that comes out, because there will be a book number two, will have such a different feel to it. Um, and, and again, it's a journey we all, we all go on. And so I'm just, you know, pretty just content with the journey that I'm on now and where, where it's taking me. And it just allows me to show up with much more ease. I don't worry about things um, the same way. I just kind of appreciate what I have in the moment. So, you know, does it suck? I haven't seen a concert in over a year. Yeah, it really does. Or been able to go out for dinner. I'll have a second birthday in COVID. Yeah, all those things do suck. And there's been some really good things too. Uh, so it's allowed me to kind of get to that place. Well, uh I, I feel healthier. Uh, you know, I actually feel healthier. Um, I mean, I was working out before, but not to yeah. the degree that I am. Yeah. Or the fo- I think it's the focus, right? It's just yeah. like all of a sudden you're, you're not, you don't have to be somewhere by nine 30. Yes. You don't have to be in Toronto for a, a, a lunch meeting. And uh, again, I'm thinking I can actually just, I don't even have to get, I am dressed, but yes. I, I'm, dre- I'm dressed for me. Right. right. This is the other thing that I'm doing. Like people are saying, why do you get dressed? Why do you put a shirt on? Why do you put a jacket on? And like, because I actually want to belong to me. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. That's it. And Hey, there's days like, come on, do you get dressed that like that dapper? Do you look that dapper every day, Peter? Um, about 75%. Yeah. That, and that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like there are days where it's like, yeah, sweatshirt and, and, you know, just be comfy. Um, I just, I love seeing people show up the way they want to. And, you know, gone are the days, like I was just on a call, you know, a large Canadian national company and there were two senior VPs and one, one individual had a t-shirt on and it was this brewing company and these gorgeous tattoos down his arm. And I thought, this is awesome. Like, we're not stuffy and trying to like look all perfect. And he looked like there's, there was nothing wrong with the way he looked. It was like, okay, you're a real dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, you know, just seeing everybody's opportunity or everybody, everybody's ability to show up the way that they want to. Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be may have, you shouldn't be making up these equations in your mind. Tattoos. I know. C- eh? CEO, like, uh, do those things go to get like, what, what are we doing to ourselves when we do that? Well, it's funny again, you're like reading my mind. Like when I got, so I have two tattoos. Um, and I remember when I got this one, I was still in my corporate life and somebody, several people said to me, oh, Carolyn, what are people going to think of you now? I'm like, I don't give a shit what they think of me because this has a heck of a lot of meaning to me. And then when I got this one, which turned out to be bigger than I thought, I'd already overcome. I actually, I was on my own business by then, so I didn't really care. Um, 
but you're right. Like it is, it's, it just shows you these beliefs that were inherently put into us and, and hopefully the new, the new generations coming through, they'll have their, they'll have their own sort of challenges to deal with, but hopefully one of them won't be worrying about a certain corporate image to, to fall into. Yeah. I, I, the other thing I like about your teachings and your guidance is that nowhere in them do you pronounce these are the five steps to fix this, the 10 steps to get over that because people, people aren't the same. Right. So that, that flow changes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm curious how, like, uh, that you, that you are bringing that up. Like, is there something that, that you see or don't see in comparison to other leadership proclamations or programs or, Yes, thanks for thanks for asking that back. Yeah, because I, I was actually going to go on and say, like, the self-professed gurus, which there are many of, mm-hmm. and they're all on social, by the way, every day. I'm plugging this every day. And yeah. now they're on Clubhouse. And, like, you know, like, quite frankly, I'm getting a rash just thinking about them. <laughs> a mental rash. That's a good way to describe it. And, and that, that's part of the reason why I had to come off because I was getting sucked into that. Um, and, and people might not have seen me getting stu- stu- um, like sucked into it, but it was taking up a lot of mental and emotional energy for me, which was taken away from me being able to just experience what was going on around me and being present. So yeah, it is really important to me that I don't, first of all, I don't know all the answers. I'll be the first to say that. I have a lived experience. I have, you know, some academic background and Hey, if that can, if that can help somebody or if that can inspire somebody, or if that can like give a bit of a framework, that's awesome. Um, And it's not going to be for everyone. And that's awesome too. Like there's, you know, different, different people out there that will appeal depending on where you're at in your journey. Um, But yeah, it is really important to me to not be seen as, as the expert. Um, I like to call myself more of a, you know, guide, or I think the other day I put something in there about being a Sherpa. Um, But yeah, like just how can I help ignite something that's already there? Maybe, maybe the the flame is dimmed a little bit. Maybe it's dimmed a lot, Uh, but there is something there. And, and how can I help you find it? I've, I've come to the stage in my life, literally the sunset of my career. I don't mind saying that. And where my head is full of things. Mm. They're full of, it's full of advice. It's full of experience. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just giving it away. I literally am just giving, I, I, I've just made up my mind, uh, like consciously made up my mind about a year ago to just say, you know what, there's enough of this. Uh, I'm, looking to, I'm looking to start conversations like this with people all, all over the world. And right now the world is pretty flat, you know, because we're all in the same boat yep. and we're all, we're all suffering from the same consequence, you know, of this, of this pandemic. And I'm thinking right now, money doesn't, I, well, it always matters, but it doesn't matter to me. It's not and a driving force. I, yeah, it's not yeah. a driving force for me. A driving force for me is more connecting like with like this and, and sharing moments like you just shared and ideals. And I'm, I'm wondering, how does how does your work kind of like 
move among people. Like, I mean, if you're not out there pushing it, like, how is it happening? Because I, I, I was interested how people actually reach Carolyn and how, or how Carolyn reaches the people that, that right. she's looking to talk to. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the first thing that I'm going to come back to that metaphor that you used about, you know, being in the same boat. And, and I've, I know other people have said this. So we're in the same storm, but I think we're in different boats. And I am very aware that my boat is pretty strong right now. I'm aware of the privilege and like monetarily, uh, like on so many different levels. So I just, um, I really just am grateful for that. And how can I share my lived experience so that other boats, like how can I share how my boat was built, acknowledge the privilege that my boat was brought into the, the storm with. And if I do that, this, this might sound a little woo-woo, but I really do believe, Peter, if I show up authentically, other people will come in um, to my world. And so fortunately, I built a very strong, big network uh, when I was in the corporate world. So I've been able to get my work out through those, you know, having worked for 17, 18 years, um, you know, people end up in so many different ways. So I've been able to bring my work into a lot of different industries, a lot of companies of different sizes. And, and for me, it's just about connecting with people. And it's not about, oh, is this a business lead? It's like, oh, here's somebody really cool I can meet. Um, you know, the past few years, definitely it's come through referrals. Um, and, and honestly, I, I don't think of it much more than that. I don't even, it's funny, I started working uh, with one, one other group and they asked me like, you know, who do you think your competition is? I'm like, that's, that's not how I work. Um, and they were, they weren't like, Oh really? But it was just like a standard form. And I said, I just, I don't, I don't think that way. There's enough people out there to do this work and I'm just going to show up as me and let's see where that goes. I've always admired Carolyn's ability to just let it out and say what's on her mind. She wasn't always like that, but she's living proof that we can all get comfortable doing that if we just try. Thanks for listening.